0: Brand new week of Cycle Talk SA this weekend. It is a big one as well. Pre Momentum 94.7 Cycle Challenge that takes place this weekend. And I thought I'd touch a little bit on the nutrition needed to get you through that race this weekend, in particular uh, for those guys and girls who perhaps haven't done too much training. So I caught up with Nikki De Villiers, who is a dietitian based at the High Performance Center uh, out at the University of Pretoria. Uh, Nikki spoke to us uh, a little bit about what you need to put in. In order to get the best performance out on Sunday. And then I also touch base with Tom Cottrell, who is the author of the Cyclist Guide. If you're looking for a race to do around the country, Tom's book has every single cycling race around the country in, and you can pick it up. The new copy is just about to be available uh, and you can get it. I find out what goes into putting one of those books together. So that's coming up in this week's show. As always, if you'd like to be in touch, you can tweet us at CycletalkSA. You can also pop us an email, podcast at cycletalksa.co.za, or just like us on Facebook. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get straight into this week's show. My name's Brad Brown and this is Nikki DeVilias. Well, we're just a couple of days away from the Momentum 94.7 Cycle Challenge. It's the second largest time cycling event in the world. Lots of fun riders out there, lots of guys at the front end of the field that'll be going for PBs and pressing really hard for great times. And uh, I wanted to sort of touch base on uh, the nutritional side of things uh, with regards to the race this weekend and what to do and what not to do, uh, especially as always this time of the year, very, very hot. And uh, temperatures predicted to go really high again uh, this coming Sunday. And it's great to welcome onto the show Nick. Nikki DeVilliers, dietitian from the HPC out in Pretoria. Nikki, uh, welcome onto the show. Thanks for chatting to us today.
1: Thanks, Amelia, and thanks, Hybrid.
0: Nikki, you guys have been doing uh, a pretty cool program out at the HPC with regards to to sort of getting people ready for race day in the build up to the Momentum 94.7 Cycle Challenge. Uh, A lot of people going through that program, but a lot of people didn't have access to it. And I wanted to touch base with you today just from a, a nutrition point of view. Uh, the 94.7 is, is an interesting one because a lot of people sort of just take it on. They don't do much training and they, they think, oh, you know what, I'm going to go and suffer. And, and, and they can probably make their suffering a little bit less if they if they handle the nutrition side of things right. Uh, am, am I right in saying that or, or not?
1: Yes. um, I think, well, the idea would be, Brad, that they look after the nutrition while they're training. But as you say, a lot of us don't. So what, what to do on the day? And the main thing is not to run out of fuel and especially with the weather that's going to be out there, not to take maybe too much fuel because if you're going to take fluid according to the weather and it's going to be hot and there's, you know, fuel in the or carbohydrate in the fluid, you can end up with too much carbs in the belly as well and that's also going to make you really uncomfortable. So the idea is to, first of all, not try anything new, which probably is not going to happen. If you haven't eaten on all your trainings, or haven't eaten anything before your training, then at least try and you know maybe try and eat something on the on the road, and maybe try and eat something before you before you leave. Um, The the a good old breakfast would be something that that's got carbs in it, something like uh, jungle oats or toast or um, any kind of cereal that you use. To if you're too nervous, you can maybe drink something like drinking yogurt or flavored milk or something like that just to get your blood sugar out because it's also quite a long wait for them um out there. It's not, you know, they don't raise that early. Try to take a snack with um, to have whilst you're waiting um, in your in your um, different groups. So maybe something like a energy bar of some sort, you can make a peanut butter sandwich, you can take fruit, maybe dried fruit or jelly sweets or something like that. And then make sure when you're on the road, maybe use the water points wisely. Um, uh, you know, by taking fuel and water, with fuel I mean anything containing carbohydrates. So I know Powerade is sponsoring, so taking a bit of that, cola, um in the at at the water tables, if you don't have anything with you. Otherwise, pack stuff with you. I mean, if you're used to using a gel, take the gels with, if you're used to eating on the Biotech bars with, if you tend to get hungry whilst you're cycling, good idea to take some other energy bar or pack a sandwich or take potatoes or Whatever people are used to, to using whilst they're out there. But again, very, very careful towards fluid and fuel balance. As I said, if it's coffee hot, you're going to take a lot of fluid and all that fluid contains a carbohydrate source. Um, you tend to get, um, really discomfortable or, or, um, gastric discomfort. So therefore you'll get a bloated stomach and maybe end up with a bit of diarrhea. Which is
0: obviously not ideal. That's what I was going to ask, Nikki. I mean, how do you know if if what's too much? I mean, do you start feeling uncomfortable, or is it is it a case of you just need to monitor sort of that that uh, as soon as you do start feeling bloated, maybe back off a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, important that if the, um, the idea is not to stop, you know, not to get bloated because once you're there, it it really can can all go haywire. High, high uh, and the recommendation, Brad, is to, to have at least or. We have about 30 to 40 grams of carbs per hour out there. Now, 30 grams of carbs, if you look at a Powerade solution, is about 500 moles of fluid, of a Powerade fluid, um, over the over an hour. So it's really, you know, it, it's quite easy to get it in. Um, if you use taking carbs, you can obviously aim for a lot more. Now, the idea is to take carbohydrate to make sure that you take enough fluid with it. So if your carbs is, for instance, in a bar or you take a gel, make sure that you take on board you know, liquid as well, water, take water with it. Um, if at any stage you feel bloated or, um, yeah, bloating this is about stomach cramps. I hope it doesn't get get that severe. But if you start getting bloated, maybe lay off for the carbs for a bit, keep on drinking maybe a bit of liquid and maybe electrolytes in there. So if you can get a potato that's maybe salted, something like that, because it just means the stuff accumulates in your stomach because it's too, if I can word, use the word strong, you know, type of osmilla. So it accumulates in the stomach, and therefore the body cannot absorb it. So if we dilute it even further, you know, a little bit further by just spilling it on water but not with carbs mixed with it, then maybe we can get the body to absorb. With the intake of salt or electrolytes with that, um, the body tends to increase the absorption. So a little bit less carbs and a little bit more fluid they so keep that up. It's smaller more regular intake don't
0: ever gulp it down Nikki, you mentioned you mentioned the gels and the bars and that sort of thing and, and the, the expo at the momentum 94.7 cycle challenge if if you you're pretty sporty it's 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 a Plymouth, cool place to be because there's like all the new stuff and, uh, there's lots Eat. to see and lots to buy. But for, for an average cyclist and, and maybe a novice who's doing their first Momentum 94.7 cycle challenge, who's, who hasn't been in cycling that long, it's quite intimidating because there are all these potions and gels and this and uh. that that people are trying to sell them saying, uh, take this on the day and don't do this and do that. You mentioned don't try anything new on race day. Uh, that's mm. that's. I mean, it, it's difficult to 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 not try anything when there are so many things that that people are telling you that hey, this is the next best thing. Give us some advice with regards to to maybe t- taking gels and and using bars and that sort of thing on race day. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the problem
1: with taking new stuff is you how your body's going to react towards it. Now you won't get a reaction if you're going to you know end up in hospital necessarily, but the reaction that I'm talking about is exactly what we spoke about, that bloated belly, which can really be uncomfortable. Um, If I say don't try something new, um, especially newly formulated things, and especially when people tell you they've added this to prevent that, and they've added that to make you perform better, and this will stop you from cramping, and that... You know, those kind of things that they add to the product is the ones that we that we're worried about. If you try normal food like they usually have in a bar, any kind of bars, normal carbohydrates, it's normal nutrients, it's usually not that sophisticated. That's usually a little you know, a lot less risk. Um the risk is usually with the specialized formulation of stuff. So I would, um if they can eat it, if they can eat it a day beforehand and see if there's any reaction, but just remember that you're going to eat a lot more of it on the road when you, when you're out there. So it's not a necessary, a, a risk-free, um, motion that you're doing. But I would rather stick all those things in a bag and maybe just use it, you know, throughout the next year's training and see if they work for you or not because it's it's quite a bit of effort to put into and to have to stop because you've got a car belly I mean that that's that's really disappointing so I wouldn't try any of those new stuff and I know I mean we all a lot of people out there need to make money for these products and probably a lot of them is good but you need to try and test it individually so stick to the to the plain stuff don't go too complicated and remember that there's nobody that ate something or there's no food out there that that specific food is going to make you win. So it doesn't matter what they tell you. It's the training, you know, that's going to make you feel comfortable. So um, yeah, the food can just mess it up for you rather than, than what, you, what is going to make you that much better.
0: Yeah, that that doesn't make the people who are listening to this feel any better, Nicky. You haven't done much training and are hoping to pick up a magic potion at the Expo. <laughs> but, Nicky, one thing you did mention, and I think it is – I've never funnily enough thought of it, and I think it is vital and it is a very good point as well, that for the guys at the back of the field, they might be spending five – Let's say five hours out on the bike, but if you take the amount of time that they're spending in the start shoots and that as well, they're going to be out there for, for seven, probably close on seven hours, uh, perhaps even eight hours. So it's important to pack some stuff to keep you sort of hydrated, especially because standing in that sun at that start, in those start chutes uh, can be brutal, yeah. especially later on. So I think that's some great advice as well. Nikki de Villiers, thank you so much for chatting to us today. Uh, really do appreciate your time, and I, and I think it's some, some great advice as well.
1: Thank you, Brett. you're more than welcome, and I hope everybody out there has have, have a great amount
0: of fun One of the biggest problems I think cyclists battle with when it comes to to races and finding races is where to get all the info for races in the same place and uh, one of the the places where where they 've got pretty much all the races together. Uh, is Tom Cottrell's Cyclist Guide. Tom uh, is the author, and we've got him on the show this week. Tom, thanks for taking the time to chat to us. Really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having
0: me. Tom, tell me a little bit about how this came about. I mean, as a cyclist, I know it's, it's really difficult to to find all the races in one place. I mean, that's been one of the problems over the years where, where there have been race organizers who have been putting things on, but there was never one central sort of hub where you could find all the details on the race. But, but you seem to have, have sort of hit the nail on the head. How, do you, how did you get it right?
2: Well, Brad, it it really started off with the the runner's guide. I've been the author of the Mm runner's guide now for 23 years. And a couple of years ago, um, I'd I'd always been asked by people, wouldn't it be nice to do a cyclist guide as well? And I must say, uh, these things are a lot easier said than done. But uh, about eight years ago, I started researching uh, cycling and to see if there was a space for the cyclist guide. And I found there was a space, so I I pretty much modeled um, the cyclist guide along the same lines as the runner's guide, which has been around and has really made its mark in the running community.
0: Yeah, I mean, in Running Circles, that book is, is, is the absolute sort of Bible, so to speak, when it comes to, to what races are happening around the country every single weekend. I mean, you can get the details of the race, the race profile, uh, a little description, who the organizers are, if you need to find out more, there's contact details. And you've pretty much done the same for, for cycling.
2: Yes, I have. I had to go through a whole re-education process to learn uh, what cycling was all about, um one of the things that you say is pretty true is that I found that uh the information on cycling and cycling races was all over the place. So it took quite a while to pull it all together. But I'd have to say that now that I've written the sixth edition, um I'm I'm proud of it because I think it's of the same stature and nature as the runner's guide. It's a whopper of a book. It's it's over three hundred and fifty pages and it covers I think most races or pretty much all races in South Africa, mountain bike and road.
0: Tom, just a, a quick one. I mean, I don't know if you know a fan, how many races are there around the country in South Africa every year? Uh
2: there are roughly six hundred to six hundred and fifty cycle races. Wow. Um yeah, that's about the number you can bank on.
0: I mean that's crazy. That's that's I mean, that number is phenomenal. Actually, I can't comprehend that there's that many. But like, like we said, it, it was so difficult to find that info unless you knew exactly where you were looking. And, and your book sort of sums it all up. You're in the process right now of sort of finalizing everything. Obviously, we're getting towards the end of the year, so the new guide will be coming out. You're on deadline, so I won't keep you too long. But uh, tell us a little bit about when the new book will be available and, and on shelves.
2: Um I'm, I'm aiming to have it ready uh, at the 94.7. I'm not too sure I'm going to make that deadline, but one thing I can say is that uh, the cyclist guide will be available towards the end of November. I'm pretty much on track to to bring it out by then. Uh, so it will be ready for Christmas, um, and I'm going to put it into the bookstores and into the sports stores.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great, great gift for, for a cyclist in your life for, for Christmas. And, and you talk about the bookstores and the sports stores. Is, is, t- tell us where people can get their hands on a copy once they are on shelves.
2: Okay, so you can get it through the normal book trade, which is CNA uh, exclusive books and, ex- and Estorol books. Uh, it will also be in the smaller bookstores as well. Um, it will be in Sportsman's Warehouse, and I, I put it into the smaller cycle shops as
0: well. Tom, it's it's also interesting. I mean, over the last few years, uh, a lot of people are saying print is dying and everything is going digital. You guys are sort of keeping up with the, with the digital trend as well, and you, you've got some space online, and, and you're working on some cool apps and that as well. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, you know, Brad, this happens so often. Um, the races go out of date. The races change uh, dates. They get canceled at quite a dizzy speed. So to keep track of this, the first thing we did is we put together a comprehensive website that tracks all the changes. Um, I've got a lively office that uh, keeps in touch with the cycling community on a daily basis now. So all of those changes are are recorded and tracked on the website. And add to that that we send out a weekly newsletter um, where we also update the fixtures as well. We've gone a long way then. Uh, to catering to the needs of, of the cycling community.
0: Yeah, and, and you mentioned that races, the details change or they get cancelled or new races get added to the calendar. We, we've got yes. quite a few people who listen to the show who are involved in the sport and, and possibly involved with clubs or putting on races. How can they go about making sure that their details in your book and on the website are correct? Can they be in touch with you or, or perhaps they're organising a race and they want to get it added? How can they, can they get a, uh, go uh, about doing that?
2: They just have to send me the email. Um, I I must say, with with cycling, we don't charge anybody to be in the book to have their race. We're always grateful to have uh, the details and the knowledge of those races in the book and on the website. So if they can get hold of me via email, uh, I make sure that that their races are are well advertised on the website and also in the newsletters.
0: All right, superb. And then let, let's talk about. I mean, you 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 are developing an app as well with regards to, to iPad and iPhone. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Ah oh, yes, Brad. The the first time that I brought out the cyclist guide on um, on an iPad app was last year, and the, the results are remarkable. Um, that the the cyclist guide app was was ranked as number three. In uh, the sports store of the apple sports store of of um, sporting apps, so that was it was gratifying to know i I admit it was a bit of a clunky app, but it it did the job and this year we're bringing out a far more elegant um, offering of that on an ipad app you you'll be able to get things like map to the start and stuff like that um, and in addition to the iPad app. What we're also bringing out as well is is an i is, is a is a smartphone app that, that will um pretty much uh bring the the cycling knowledge into your pocket
0: it sounds it sounds awesome tom and 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 it's just really cool to see that that it's what started out as a a print publication is now just really. Getting with the times and 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 taking advantage of of that trend as well. If people want to find you online, where can they can they find some more details about the website if they haven't actually checked it out already?
2: Ah yes, uh, Brad, the the um, the website is www.cyclistsguide.co.za. dot co za. Brilliant. And on there you can find all the all the races. I'm I'm I will soon be putting up the 2014 calendar. But all races and the race changes attract as well.
0: And and Tom, you mentioned as well that the, the runner's guide. But I mean, the runners and the cycling uh, ones—not the only ones. You do. You also do a swimming one. So if people are into multi-sports, you, you've got it all covered.
2: Yes, uh, I, I do a, a, a swimmer's guide as well. I, I'm not bringing it out in book form, but it's certainly—it's um, on an iPad app. It's on an iPhone app, and we've also got a very lively uh, website. Uh, Facebook and Twitter around swimming as well, open water swimming.
0: Okay, cool. And, and you mentioned the Facebook and Twitter, the cyclist guide, you're also on Facebook and Twitter there as well, so people can touch base with you that way online. Uh,
2: yes, indeed they can, and uh, for both disciplines.
0: All right, cool. Tom, what I'll do is I'll pop all those links up on our website. I'll pop your email address there too, if you don't mind. So if people want to get in touch with you and, and find out more and possibly uh, make sure that their race details are up to date, they can do that as well.
2: Brad, thank you very much.
0: Tom, thank you for your time. Really do appreciate it. Get back to the deadline now and make sure that uh, the book gets out before Christmas. Okay. (laughs) Really, thank you. (laughs) Well, that's it for another week of Cycle Talk SA. Thanks for joining us. I look forward to spending some more time with you again next week. If you are riding the Momentum 94.7 Cycle Challenge this weekend, all the best. I hope it goes really, really well. And uh, all the goals uh, that you've worked so hard uh, to achieve do happen for you this coming weekend. Be safe. Looking forward to chatting to you next time. As always, be in touch at Cycle Talk SA podcast at CycleTalkSA.co.za or just pop us a message on Facebook. From myself. Brad Brown. Until next time, cheers.